888-344-0303. Call now, because this is The Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody, on this Thursday morning. Kurt and Anthony here, and joining us in studio now, as he does every month, uh, it's the Lieutenant Governor for the State of Vermont, Dave Zuckerman. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Yeah, take me home. Get me out of here. No, just kidding. Paradise take me home. City. Take me to Paradise City. <laughs> Love that song. Uh, now, we got to do a little bit of light stuff here before we get into the heavy stuff. Uh, Dave, any pick in the Super Bowl? Anybody you're rooting for? You care one way or the other? Uh, you know, I don't I don't care that much. I hope for a good game. And, you know, there were some close games that were pretty interesting this last weekend. And, uh, of course, I didn't see as much of them as I would have liked. But, uh Good game is all I'm hoping for. My team's not in it. I've been a Patriots fan from You 70s. had your time. I had my time. <laughs> I had both, man. I was a kid in the 80s, so, you know, 70s and 80s, it weren't exactly uh, start right, no. time for the Patriots either. So well, I, uh, I've been in the low, I've been in the high, and then we're back in the low. That's just the way it goes. And it comes around, but it was a hell of a 20-year run. For, <laughs> no that was doubt. a hell of a dynasty for the no Patriots. No doubt, so. no doubt. And we know you're a huge Swifty, so I'm assuming uh, it's my, the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> my my daughter, uh, like many, uh, very much is, and she tells me all about it. And I know thirteen is a big number. I saw a big uh, oh, I something on. Um, oh, you don't know that about Taylor Swift? Oh, no. Her her favorite number is thirteen, and there is a world of people out there that connect the dots of thirteen, and they oh. made a whole thing about the Super Bowl and all these things that add up to thirteen. Like, oh wow! She's going to be in. Japan for a show, but then she can't get back. But guess what? The flight is 13 hours. Like it oh was just bizarre. <laughs> These people think of everything. And like whoa, yeah, yeah. No, I I, it, I I like her music when I hear it. But I I, I uh, now I'm going to dig a little deeper because I I like the thir- number 13. Well, fair enough. And this is totally unrelated to anything, but a, but interest story, I guess. My sister in law works for a company in the Portland area that does um, <clears throat> like fabric and like like Cirque du Soleil and all those like different flowy fabric things oh, sure. and all those. Well, they do it for big shows. She did it for Katy Perry, that big lion that came in in the Super Bowl. Like her company made that. Cool. And um, they also made some of the uh, stuff for this last Eros tour. For Taylor. Um, and cool. she's done stuff for Cher. It's kind of nice. cool. It's nice. wild. Yeah. I still never got tickets out of it. No, I was going to say. It's it's fun to get. I know who. who Fun little weird connection stuff, but yeah. All right. How's how's everything on the farm? Uh, You know, that wind, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had that bad wind and it ripped apart one of our high tunnels. uh, And this time, not just the plastic, which you can expect that to sometimes get ripped off, but the the power of it and the the connection of the plastic to some of the metal, we call it a hip board, and also the wooden baseboard, those got ripped off with the plastic. So we got a lot of work to do there. Rachel was actually in it on Saturday morning, harvesting while the wind was whipping the plastic, and she called me up. She's like, it's crazy in there. I'm like, you don't have to stay in there. Yeah, no, no. you know, we sold a lot of good spinach at the market the oh, next good. week. But um, see, that's amazing to me. This is this is this. You, you think about that, and um, you're growing spinach yeah. in January. But it's it's you know it's it's work. But those high tunnels are um, they really extend the season. And yeah. then when you don't have normally 
by now the spinach would still be alive, but the lettuces would have been dead. But yeah. we actually are still picking lettuce as well. Oh, that's good. It's under the plastic, under two or three layers of row cover. I mean, you got to do a lot to sure. keep it from freezing because lettuce can't freeze at all. No. Um, but there's no heat in those high tunnels. But yeah, it was it it was not good. Um, and a lot of farms. I was talking to the Cliffords. They had four different barn roofs. Uh, Westman uh, Center Westman had some roof damage. So that part is is tough. And uh, finding middle level management is tough. Uh, so we got one guy who we're hoping maybe uh, he's going to come back. He he went out west last year to explore Montana. Can't blame him for that. No. Um, but, you know, what we can pay versus, you know, I remember a year ago we were trying to hire someone and uh, right on Church Street it was 25 bucks an hour to make bagels. And yeah. we we're like, well, you know, we can't compete with that. And the skill set to, I don't want to say it's hard to make, you know, it's easy to make bagels, but we needed someone who could drive a tractor, plan some field stuff. Right. And we can't pay 25 bucks an hour. No, so yeah. It's nope. tough. No, it is. Um, so now, Dave, I want to, as Lieutenant Governor, of course, you're asked to weigh in on all kinds of things. And I want to just hear your quick thoughts on this. We, what we've been talking about this morning, which is this case in Addison County where mm. the state's attorney, the district attorney, uh, Eva Vicos, who, of course, you know the story. She was called to a scene. and she- Yeah, I was listening earlier. You were talking about it. I had some folks call in. I hadn't heard about it before that, so I pulled up a digger when I was sitting waiting to get on, on the show here. Uh, that does seem extraordinarily unprofessional, if nothing else. I mean, if, if there's been an email thread, because I think, like uh, you said, Slay said, well, without the context, I don't know. The only thing I can... And I'm not defending her, just to, no. so your listeners don't jump down my throat on that one. The only thing I can think of is if they've had other email threads and whatevers and people in their quick typing are just really bad at writing, first of all, it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad law enforcement officer. Then you talk to that person about it if you actually want to do anything about right. talking to them about their, their grammar skills. But then even writing like, and what was it, uh, dragons and stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's well, not really a very pictures. mature um, it's sentence so, either. It smacks of lashing out. I don't it's know weird. if it is, well, but right. it smacks of it, It's odd. And again, I don't know her. I don't know the situation. Uh, but it it certainly is not um, not a good look. And people that at, have at read best. it, of course, we, we've, we're going by the VT Digger story, and we haven't read the whole email exchange or whatever, but... Apparently, people that have, like John Campbell, has certainly yeah, not been afraid you said to weigh he, in. He jumped right out, and I'm assuming he also knows who she is because that's his job, and yeah. they're his his folks. So yeah. there's there's got to be more to all of this, and uh, I'm sure over the next few days that stuff is all gonna all be coming out. You know, I think so. All right, well, let's go to the phones. Good Already, morning. Already, here we go. Yeah, you're live on the morning drive. I actually want to go back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> and this is a conspiracy theory, so Anthony will love it. Oh, the right winger, the right wingers have gone nuts saying Taylor Swift is going to endorse Joe Biden and convince all the thirteen-year-olds to vote for him yes. for the win. So I wonder what what uh, David thinks about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I brought it. It would take it up. one funny. extra step there, though, and this is where if they're really going to do it well, they've got to make sure to get fake IDs to all those thirteen-year-olds so they can register to vote. Uh, to be 18 in order to do that. But it's quite an idea. I'll, I'll take it back to the, um, to the basement uh, hovel with yeah. the folks and, and spread the word. Make <laughs> I, sure we do I that have right. to tell you, the GOP is completely playing it wrong. When the minute they hear that Taylor might be supporting Joe Biden, they, they, they just go, they launch. And it's like, are you guys going to step in everything that somebody throws out there? Well, and it's an interesting scenario, right? Whether it's Kanye West or Taylor Swift or right. anybody else, they get involved in politics. Um, first of all, everyone's allowed to say what they believe right. and encourage people to vote for whoever they want. But right. 
nobody it is interesting the power that a famous sports person or a famous tv personality or a famous musician or whatever has that's the reality you know folks look for endorsements from anyone and everyone they can who they think people will respect that endorsement and yeah. uh, happens yeah. on all sides yeah. you know no and they're I, just bummed they wish taylor if, sure. if it was for trump they would be like oh my god that's awesome yeah, yeah. Taylor's like, well, that's, <laughs> sorry that's the way it works i gotta admit i think now, trump would would dance better than biden to some taylor swift song i don't want to see you uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, an image that i need to get out of my head thanks now. anthony how many listeners out there want to call in and let anthony know that that is just not what they want to be thinking about at 7 15 in the morning all right we gotta out. move on now We're with the, the clock is ticking we gotta move all right so i want to ask you about this dave there's been a bill s211 which you would tell me what that is uh no i'm gonna tell you yeah. i know it's, uh, believe I know. me i was there you served you know? i know like, i know that, don't worry it's coming <laughs> i i because i used to have people come up to me and say kurt what what about h497 what is it I yeah mean, they think it's like there's a thousand bills we don't <laughs> and you go hey h497 from which biennium because each year it's, right. a it's also a different bill. and people don't understand <laughs> that because now we may know some of the bills. Because they have because no grammatical the, skills. How would they know that? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Good. All right. But oh, this uh, one has and, and because, I mean, we might know some of the really high profile bills by sure. the number, but most of them. But this is the bill that is produ- uh, was sponsored by Ginny Lyons, and it is a bill meant to, um, or at least this is what people view it as, is weakening the role for the Green Mountain Care Board. Do you know much about that bill? I know a little bit. I've definitely talked a couple of times with folks. I'm not, you know. I'm not ledge counsel. And it everywhere. seems to be that the bill uh, seems to be a reaction to some things that the board did in regard to the UVM health network. They didn't allow some of their increases. They uh, made they wanted them to limit pay increases for some of the executives. And now there's this bill, which I know a lot of people, some people like, and uh, I think probably the hospital likes. A lot of pe- other people are very concerned about it. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Green Mountain Care Board has a job, and it did its job, and uh, it's still relatively new board, what, 10, 15 years old, which people think is uh, maybe old, but when you are dealing with the complexity of what they deal with, there's a lot of uh, territory and turf for them to cover and make decisions on, and sometimes that uh, is, is going to rub some people the wrong way. You know, the UVM Medical Center is clearly the the big gorilla of healthcare in the state i don't mean that in a good or a bad way it's just huge compared to every other medical facility in the state uh, that's not part of the network and so sometimes if they don't get what they want they try to get folks to think about changing the system and uh that's also people's rights to do and i i know Ginny put it out there when i talked to her about it she said you know i put it out there for discussion uh, i think she's interested in exploring if there needs to be more clarity for their role, but uh, it seems like they did their job. Uh, so I'm, I don't know that we have to really change that much. So you think that this is a bill that's not going to go anywhere, that she's doing it for more for bring up the discussion rather than actually get it passed? Uh, you know, I don't want to completely speak for her. I just want to say that when we did speak, she said she thought it was a worthwhile topic to make sure, you know, you kick the tires on things once in a while and review how they're doing their job and, and so forth. You'd have to get her on to talk more specifically about it. But I I haven't heard a wide range of support for it across the state house. You know, I think people are concerned about, as we all are, cost of health care and, and those increases when they do go up are quite a slam uh, on everyday folks who, you know, <laughs> want to just see the doctor when they don't feel well. Well, and, I'm 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 concerned from on a personal note, uh yesterday trying to schedule uh, a particular doctor uh for my eighty three year old father and uh um, 
he's in the network in the UVM network. Um, and uh, this doctor's his primary advised him to see somebody within four to six weeks. Just don't don't wait. And then gets a call from UVM. Uh, well, can you zoom? Uh, no, he's eighty three. I said I'll come with my laptop. We'll zoom together. I work in the morning. Can we do it afternoon? Nope. We don't have any Zoom appointments available before noon for this particular doctor. There's two other providers that do this. Uh, I said, well, you know, he's like, I'll go. I'll drive to Burlington whenever I have to do. No, nobody's available till June or July. Mm. So oh, it's almost like that uh, universal system in Canada. Everybody gets mad about. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> and so I immediately said, why don't you call out the ne- outside the network and call Dartmouth? Mm. Uh, three weeks. So it's very frustrating uh, when you're a consumer of healthcare in the region, and and uh, and it's just uh, to watch it unfold in front of you day after day after day. Well, and it it's in a, we're in a curious place. I mean, yeah. basically, Dartmouth and UVM Medical Center are both you know nationally renowned medical centers. Right. Honestly, for a scale population in the area that that I won't say doesn't deserve it, we all deserve good healthcare. But it's pretty remarkable what we have. Unfortunately, you know, we don't have a population that creates the de- enough demand for certain services that we're going to have every specialist available in a short period of time. I'm glad Dartmouth has that. Um, but I think it should yeah. be more of a collaborative effort. Now it seems as though they've pitted one against the other. I think it's that's that's the thing that concerns well, it me. Well, is New Hampshire. I mean, are you saying we well, <laughs> No, but but also there there's a group of surgeons that just left the network to go to a private hospital in state mm. because they were they were there. I didn't not, know about that. Yeah. But Dave, I mean, yeah. back to this bill a little sure. bit. It's, it's, there's a feeling by some that, and there's a, this was pushed apparently by some people in the UVM network, but there's sure. a feeling by some that this bill would actually politicize some of it because it's shifting some of the, the role of the Green Mountain Care Board to uh, the health, the, the state. Hmm. And there's a feeling that that politicizes it, puts a lot of power in one person that's overseeing the health department in Vermont. Yeah, I mean, if if people don't think the Green Mountain Care Board is doing its job well, then they should be thinking about either what resources they have for research and staffing or uh, making sure the parameters of what they cover and how they do it are well explained. Uh, But I don't think it should maybe move back into the more political arena. That's why we create these boards is to take away some of that power that some people have more than others in our political system. Okay, let's move on to another one now. This is the... Uh, we talked to you, I think we talked to you about before the tax commissioner coming up with the, le- the December 1 letter that sure. said it might be an 18% increase. Yeah. Now it's actually, there. again, reports are that it's going to maybe be, be over, 20. 20, over 20%. And it has to do with this, and it's I think it's very complex, convoluted, confusing. The Act 27, uh, the bill that actually changed the weights of students. Right. If you miss... Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, that's part of the deep state. So it has to do with the waiting at like Burlington, Winooski schools like that, and to have uh, students that are more expensive uh, to to educate uh, their English le- learners, etc. Um, but there's also this five percent cap issue, right? Uh, I, again, tell us yeah. your thoughts on this, and what do you what do you think this, they we should be looking at? Well, I I hope I don't create more confusion due to my own. Uh, relative confusion as well but you got to admit this system is is, it's to to explain it it's it's phenomenally difficult i mean i was listening to patty comline was on the show sorry to interrupt patty comline was on the show yesterday doing a report from downs rackland martin and uh, she explained there's nothing she said wrong but it was just it's confusing because the system is confusing well they, they basically set a cap on how much your um 
property taxes can increase over the next five years so that uh, this one year sort of explosion wouldn't, you know, bust the balloon on everybody. And um, and then they said, but if you don't reach that cap of 5%, then your cap will lower to whatever that rate was. So if you only had a 4% increase this year, then for the next four years beyond, you'd be capped at 4% um, of some sort. I, I don't remember exactly. And uh, so they're saying everyone is pushing to that 5% to, to uh, draw down as much revenue for the state for their systems. And it's... And, I, I'm just going to get myself in more trouble because I don't exactly know. To add more confusion to it, um, you know, the, the school districts, the superintendent uh, of South Burlington sent out a letter. It is so detached that whether you vote up or vote down our school budget, there's still going to be this increase. There's going to be a huge a increase huge for a lot of reasons. Uh, but one of the biggest ones, of course, is we had that ridiculously huge amount of money come from the federal government. I mean, it's one of the reasons... And I, again, give Phil Scott a lot of credit through the pandemic. He was calm and measured through the whole process. There's things I disagree with him. But overall, like, he did a lot better than almost every other governor in the country. We also had more money than almost any other state in the country when you look at the population, the per sure. capita numbers. A lot of that money, we've used it for broadband. Or that's an amazing thing. We used it to expand opportunities for kids in schools that were really important because kids got really thrown off with, you know, not going to school. I mean, this has been for lack of a better term, truly, you know, traumatizing to some mm-hmm. kids. And uh, with those added dollars in education, they were able to do a lot more, but that money's now going to be gone. And they found that those programs are good programs, but you either have to cut those programs or if you keep them going, that's in aggregate across the state, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, plus the law that, that Kurt talked about changing around some of the weightings, that's going to be individually impacting different schools. But um but the combined, it's sort of a combined effect. Double whammy uh, at the same time. I, I want to come back to this. There's, a, I want to ask you another question about it, but I want to also go. We got a time call. for yeah. a break. No, no well, there's a call. Let's go to the call. Coming in. Yeah. I'm deferring to the call. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted, I just wanted to comment on um, the Green Mountain Care Board mm-hmm. and health care and UVM and Dartmouth thing. You know, I don't think competition is, political or adversarial, I feel like competition makes everybody better. Wherever it's used, it makes everybody better. And the Green Mountain Care Board should should be gone. We should get rid of it because it's just, um, just a, a board. It's unelected, and they're in control of the health care. And I, I would rather have individual hospitals be competing and for for consumers, and we would have better health care. In other states, there are all kinds of options, and the wait times are not bad like they are here in Vermont. Um, the health care is better. Um, they don't have as many problems getting staff, and all around, it's just a bad system that we have. The Green Mountain Care Board uh, scolded. Copley Hospital because they were doing such a good job mm-hmm. with their orthopedics. Yeah. And that's just ridiculous. Like, why should some board say, well, you can only see this many patients. Um, if people like a service and it's doing well and there's patient satisfaction, there should be no reason to limit uh, a hospital or a care provider in doing that kind of work. 
Okay, let's get to the lieutenant governor. Yeah, thank you. Well, a couple things. One is uh, you've touched on something personal to me in that I had my rotator cuff surgery down at Copley Orthopedics. So uh, John Macy, an amazing physician. Um, I think that name probably anybody who's in uh, did my hip in this world well, knows. knows yeah, yeah. So um, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I actually met with Copley Hospital this fall. They had a meeting with uh, you know a lot of their top management and legislators and other public officials to talk about you know, how they'd been really good at keeping their costs relatively low. Uh, but now they, they do need to go up a little bit. They're well below a lot of other facilities at their pricing, and, and it was um, not as well received by the Green Mountain Care Board. So I don't don't disagree with you that they get things wrong. Um, I might venture to say that I, I would like to see what health care is like in Montana or Idaho or North or South Dakota and what kind of tertiary hospitals they have and and whether they have open competition, because I'd want to compare similar states as far as population and, and rural character before saying, well, yeah, I mean, in Boston, they got 12 hospitals right. or whatever. You didn't say Boston, but I'm just, I don't know what states you are comparing to. Um, I am not of the same mindset with respect to straight up competition uh, in the healthcare facility when it comes to hospitals, because the capital requirement to establish a hospital is massive. And if you have one that fails, um, then what would we lose in this region if we didn't have uh, a tertiary facility like UVM Medical Center and, and you got in a bad car accident and the closest place was Dartmouth? So competition between those two, I wouldn't want to see one just take out the other. I think having both is really important. Would we have the same scrutiny if we didn't have the Green Mountain Care Board or a lot of its functions were shifted elsewhere? Would we have the same scrutiny right. on the hospital, on the, on the healthcare network? That they have put on them sometimes on on a sometimes bloated salaries and things well, that's like that. it. I mean, I don't know that we would. I don't. I was not as in working as much on like the the management of healthcare systems when I was a legislator fifteen and twenty years ago. So I don't remember what the oversight was. Uh, maybe you remember. I don't. I don't either. Um, and so uh, without that, I don't know. You know, but UVM Medical Center as it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, I do think for the public interest, you know, requires some oversight. I was talking to a friend of mine who works there in, in one aspect of management, and, you know, he didn't think that the um, sort of gobbling up the, the universe scale of things was working well. He gave, gave one example where they bought a really expensive piece of machinery for multiple facilities around the state, which probably by buying more than one, they got a better price on them. But one of the facilities doesn't have a room or the space for it. So it's this multi-million dollar piece of machinery and it's in a, in a warehouse because they didn't even sort of check in. So the, the scale, as you get bigger, you can, you can miss things and, and be inefficient as well. So uh, I appreciate the caller. I think it's ultimately just really darn complicated. Now we no. think, right, <laughs> we're going to check in with, uh, and I promise it'll play. Uh, we're going to check in with uh, Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines. We got the, the forecast. Listen the way you want. Now we return on the morning drive. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the morning drive, everybody, on this Thursday morning, February 1st. And Kurt and Anthony here and continuing our discussion now with the Lieutenant Governor for the state of Vermont, Dave Zuckerman. And the the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888-414-0303. One of the best shows I ever saw at Memorial Auditorium. Give us a a call if you got a question for the Lieutenant Governor. And uh, here's, I, but I have one for you. And- well, hold on. I got a comment to what Anthony just okay. said. One of my favorite shows, and of course, it'll be no surprise to the listeners, was uh, Jimmy Cliff. 
Oh, yeah. If I'd known. That was a great show, too. I would have been there if I'd known Jimmy Cliff was there. Yeah. All right. right, Go ahead, Kurt. Let's get back to those really important business. Whatever Kurt's got to talk about. There are uh, a huge issue now, and the governor's made it a big part of his state of the state, and his budget address is public safety. And those are are bills that are sort of uh, reverberating around the Capitol now in in the House Judiciary Committee. There are bills to change uh, on car theft on that car theft issue to create a grand theft auto bill. There's another bill uh, which would aggregate the number of crimes that people are committing in regard to retail theft. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on both of those two bills to start with and, and maybe public safety in general. Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, he spoke a lot about public safety in his speeches as well as some other issues uh, that he prioritized. And, you know, there's no doubt there is an increase. We know that, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of graffiti on the side of a building. That's someone's property. You know, I, I've put a lot of time and effort into my farm and, uh, I've got someone who thankfully doesn't throw graffiti on my farm, but does, uh, throw their trash on the side of my road almost every day. Really? Um, whether it's their coffee cup, there's a coffee cup that lands at the end of my barn door. And every day I pick up the coffee cup. It's like, they like, it could be that they drink their coffee in the exact same amount of time every day from wherever they buy their coffee. It's possible. Um, or it could be, you know, throwing something at, you know, Lieutenant Governor's barn. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the other day I had three bags of garbage. Or it was actually mostly leaf debris. And when I go throw it on my compost pile, I'm going to carefully open it because if something else falls out, I want to make sure I can call the cops and report the yeah. body parts. I'm going to say it right now, Dave. I did not know that was your farm. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but more seriously than either of those things, we we had someone uh, walk into our into our house on our barn, on our farm, and take some of the cash from our uh from our store, you know, mm. that we had brought into the house. So, you know, it it is a, it is violating, you know, and when you own a store, I saw, you know, Mark Sherman talked about what OGE loses. I mean, you start talking about over the course of a year, over $100,000 of, of merchandise. Yeah. That's real. It makes it really hard to run a business and provide in the community those. Re- I mean, everybody loves OGE. Yeah. Um, and your employees, you want to give them a pay increase. Well, it's mm-hmm. tough when you got that much loss. So these are real issues. There's no doubt. Uh, and I do think it's important, however, to also discern public safety and other forms of crime. Like public safety, I often think of more as like individual harm to somebody, like mm-hmm. physical harm. Uh, and we need to figure out how to deal with this. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that says, let's put them all in jail because the cost to society also is great. And we have to look at why, why has crime gone up? You know, we have a lot more folks on the street right now, so there's a homelessness issue. We know that housing is a huge shortage, the price of housing. If we want to deal with these with the quick sort of, I would say, quick, easy method of just saying lock them up and throw them in, in jail, it's expensive and it doesn't really solve the problem. There will be more. There will be more. Um, but so, you can't let people just keep doing this over and no, over again, and, can and you? that's the complexity, is there is no easy answer. That's, that's what I want to get at here is, folks... It, we can lock them up, and there will be someone else to replace them the next day. Uh, we have to deal with uh, drug addiction. That's a huge one. A lot of these thefts sort of pay for the daily need of an addict. It is a need at, the, at some point when you have those withdrawal symptoms, from what I've seen. I have never experienced this. Uh, it is horrible. We know plenty of folks, I'm sure, out there who uh, you've had friends who have been, unfortunately, addicted to alcohol. And it's really hard to quit. And it you feel like crap and the thing that my understanding is is with opioids it's a thousand times worse yeah so 
folks are doing this because they feel like crap. So I would greatly expand medically assisted treatment opportunities for people. Uh, Jenna's promise I would invest in those kinds of programs, but all over the state so that we give people wraparound, not 30 days of help, and then you're on your own again. That's not enough. But we're learning through things like Jenna's promise that if you help people with work, you help people with managing their substance abuse, you help people with housing, you get them a job so that they have a regular, you know, those jobs that we all have, they keep us regular. They keep us right. sort of doing our thing. Get them back on their feet. That's the long-term solution um, that actually will will defeat the challenges we have. But so on those specific two, two bills, though, do you or do you not support uh, moving to a grand theft auto uh, law. We most states have it. We don't. Mm-hmm. And on the aggregate, allowing crimes to be an aggregate. If you yeah, know. I think you have to look at that aggregate stuff at some point. If someone is just in and out and in and out, you know, eventually, sadly, we've also seen that folks in that circumstance eventually do do a harmful uh, crime to somebody. You know, you, you get into the habit. Unfortunately, you've already got other habits, but uh, that you can keep breaking the law and nothing's going to happen. That's a problem. Uh, so I'd, I'd be happy to look at it. I don't know the details on those bills. So I, you know, guilty as charged. I need to learn more. No worries. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Um, just listening to Dave. He started off by people cannot businesses cannot pay their staff more money because people are still stealing from them. And then he just said, "This is a long term solution." No, we have the law. The law of of the land. They have to be prosecuted for deterrent. Right. If we, so, so we cannot wait around for them to find a solution so that we can pay our, our, you know, our employees more money. It doesn't work like that. No, you I know, appreciate it's gonna that. Turn, it's going to end up, uh, end up like South American countries or other part of the world where a shopkeeper pays somebody with a gun sitting in the front door. That's what's going to happen if we don't solve this problem. Yes, I, I appreciate that. And when I said long-term solution, what I meant was um, you have to get folks back to where they can be productive members of society. And so I don't want us to think that passing these two bills is actually going to really solve the problem. So it's a combination of a number of things. So I apologize that I wasn't clear and, and you fairly uh, jumped on my phrase long-term solution. But what I meant by that was if someone is 20 or 22 years old, they're going to be with us for the next 60 years. You throw them in jail for two years, we don't address their drug abuse problem uh, or whatever other challenges they were facing, whatever demons they have, and they come back out in two years, you're going to have them out again. And so it's far more expensive long-term to keep people in jail or in and out of jail and through the court process five times over the next 40 years than it is to put money into getting them back on their feet and taking some of these people out of this cycle. That's what I meant by long-term solution. But you're absolutely right. Uh, there's, there is an immediate problem, and we need to figure out how to deal with it. And I've got another question on it, but we'll go to the calls. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. I was going to say, um, uh, just a comment. Uh, number one, the uh, alcohol is far, far more dangerous uh, for withdrawal than opiates. I have I never agree. heard of someone uh, dying from opiate withdrawal. Correct. I have met uh, people who ultimately died from alcohol withdrawal, uh, which is why people with alcohol withdrawal, they need to be hospitalized and treated and yep. watched. Um, uh, it is in reverse of what you said. Alcohol is actually a thousand times worse, along with barbiturates. Well, let me just say, um, I, I don't think they're in contrast with each other. What I said was, 
it is harder yeah, well, you, to well, break the addiction. No, no, I didn't say whether it's more dangerous to the individual. I agree with you. Alcohol is, uh, you are absolutely right in terms of the individual harm and the fact that the person can die from withdrawal. You are 100% right. That isn't what I was uh, indicating. What I was indicating is the um, the difficulty and the feeling, whatever that is, the whether it's the nausea, the physical pain, et cetera, um, is is an acute pain. It's not deadly. You're absolutely right. But it is extraordinarily addictive substances. You get addicted much faster, and it's a lot harder to break the addiction. But that doesn't make it a more dangerous addiction to the individual in the case of withdrawal. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, and I think that it, it's a combination of things. Um, this particular, the, the aggregate is, is important. Uh, law enforcement says they see a, a small handful of people that this would really help them kind of slow the, the, the retail down on the aggregate, the $900, you know. Mm. And I was thinking it'd be over like 30 days or 60 days, but the, the, we had Sean uh, Burke, uh, not, not Sean Burke, but it was the uh, chief of police for Burlington. Chief Murad said he would, Grand Theft Auto would be helpful. And three days, he's talking about a cumulative over three days. And I'm thinking 30 or 90 days. He's like, mm. no, three days would be enough. Mm. And, and I'm like, Wow. So, so it's, the same it's, person stealing multiple cars within three days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. where that's where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi. I'm just wondering why can't we make the bar for getting in jail low and put the treatment centers in the jail? You've got your brick yep. and mortar. Yep. You've got your um, space. You've got your people who have nothing else better to do and make the sentences you have to go through this and it seems like it'd be a win-win you'd yes it'd be a cost but get janice promise and all those people in there and and get them off i've heard i remember reading a book in 1975 about a girl who was saved from drugs by going to jail i have a friend who was saved by going to jail from drugs I mean, I, it just seems like yeah. make the bar low. Like, why do they get to steal $900 worth of stuff? That is completely insane and ridiculous. Make it 100 bucks, Okay, and we know what's fueling the problem is drugs. Get them in jail and treat them in jail. And they can't get out for, like, you, you can have them in there for a year and getting treated. They would dry out and have a chance. Instead, we're going to get injection sites and feed them a bunch of drugs and keep them on drugs forever. It, it's always the opposite of what we should be doing. I'll listen off air. Thanks. Dave? I actually would support both of those things because it doesn't always have to be an either or. That's sometimes a trap we get ourselves into as well. Uh, But here's, and I don't disagree with you at all. I think our prisons could be radically reformed because we know that 90 some percent of folks who are in prison are going to come back into society. So why we aren't, as you said, doing better drug treatment programs, uh, better education programs, maybe you know, job and technical skills, teach them how to be mechanics or plumbers or electricians, things that we need in society that are decent paying jobs so that when they come out, they actually can hit the ground running. Yeah. And there's also a lot of work. There's great, uh, you know, transition houses that exist so that again, this goes back to, you know, if you've lived in, if you didn't have a good situation going in, then you are in jail or prison for a year or three years. When you get out sort of societal norms are just not a part of your day-to-day living anymore and providing cooking your own food, whatever it is, you're absolutely right. And there's a number of legislators who are working on prison reform, looking at Scandinavian models that 
uh, look at doing that, getting folks back on their feet, sort of and reducing breaking, yeah, and breaking. This is the morning drive on FM 96.3 AM 620 News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Rock Drive. Uh, Kurt and Anthony here, and we got a few minutes left with Lieutenant Governor, and I have a question for him, but before I do, he wants to give I a just little more clarification. I just want to finish on that uh, last caller. The one piece of doing what that person wants to do is that that is extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. And, you know, folks on the show know I'm not averse to particularly raising taxes on those who are wealthier to generate the money to deal with these issues, but... You're talking many, many millions and millions and millions of dollars. I mean, tens, if not hundred millions of dollars to do that. Okay, let's. Uh, I want to read you a, a little bit of what the governor said in his budget address. Get your reaction. I know you were sitting there. Obviously, you heard him say that he said, "I I think that I was wrong and we were wrong." You don't. And he said, "You don't hear that very often in this building." But he said, talking about bail reform, he said, "I signed it because I agreed with the goals, but again, there were negative consequences because we limited a valuable tool, and on top of that, conditions of release are not effective, which make it harder to prevent people from harming their neighbors and communities." And he gave an example of of two murders in St. Johnsbury involved multiple people out in conditions of release. Uh, one of them that had seven criminal charges pending. I want to get your reaction to what the governor said. Do you agree with him that the, he, he's calling for us to back up on what they did pass on bail reform and conditions of release? Um, and let's use the example of Tyshawn Lee. He's the guy who was in T-Rugs and had like hundreds of in- interactions, incidents with the police, and many, many charges, including violent ones where he almost beaten his girlfriend to death. Hmm. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, yeah, that's that's horrific. And T Rugs is a place I used to go on a regular basis when Me I lived uh, near the old North End, and um, certainly a lot of respect for the folks there. I mean, that's a neighborhood neighborhood bar. Everybody knows each other. Frightening but there's got to be a crack. There's got to be a problem in the system, right? Where this there guy is. is. So, so the one thing I'd say is we can't. What we tend to do is is a quick flash in the pan uh, change to the law without thinking about all the other. Uh, sort of effects of that. So if you're going to have conditions of release, then you also have to have to have enough people out there in the parole world or in the uh, sort of monitoring world, enough staff to make sure folks who have conditions of release are also monitored more closely, uh, you know, and or if they continue to violate the conditions of release, then you've, you've got to get them in sooner than later uh, in order to address it. It goes back to money. Everything goes back to money. If we did, literally, if we truly put all these folks into prisons, we would either need to build another prison or reopen Windsor or something else or ship a lot of folks out of state, which, again, usually your conditions of release with respect to awaiting trial or whatnot, you don't usually ship those folks out of state. Uh, It's a huge amount of money. So I'm not opposed to putting people behind bars and, and having programs that work to help them when they get out to be better citizens. All of it costs money, and as soon as people are ready to talk about that, we can talk about all of these solutions. But violent individuals need to no. be incarcerated, right? Yeah. I mean, they certainly need to be like incarcerated. I, if Being that violent, absolutely. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. You know, what it boils down, for, down to for me is all I know is that as a basically an uneducated, knuckle-dragging dolt just trying to get through life, I do not recognize Vermont today as it was even 10 years ago. 
thanks to the progressive supermajority that has had free reign. So why would I think that any solution you have is a solution at all, since as far as I'm concerned, your policy has caused all the problems? Sure. I mean, every right to your opinion. I will say as far as supermajority, I think the Democrats have had the supermajority for one year. So if you want to blame it on 10 years, you go right ahead. If you think all of Vermont's problems are stemming from Burlington, then your logic works. But actually, across the state, you've got select boards with all kinds of different folks and different viewpoints. You've got your town committees. We had law enforcement losses all over the state, not just Burlington, uh, and in fact, all across the country. Uh, I believe in in conservative areas as well as liberal areas uh, since George Floyd and some of the other incidences. So the sweeping brush of it's just progressives called Vermont to go downhill for 10 years, I, I think that's a bit much um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I enjoyed Burlington more, uh, 10 years ago than I do today. It frustrates me to walk around and see what I see. I don't think it's any one, uh, political party's reasoning for that to happen. The pandemic housing, our economy shifting, these are big issues and those are the fundamentals. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. A uh, good morning. The last few years, uh, maybe, I don't know if, uh, Tenant Governor can answer this, but the last few years, a lot of rehab facilities and juvenile detentions have shut down, like Woodside and Maplefield. And I'm kind of curious why they shut down Woodside when we didn't have a lot of options for our juveniles. Right. And there may have been issues there, but why couldn't we fix those issues in the management aspect? Because actually, it's a nice place to probably rehab down 68 acres. We're I'm up just at, wondering what. Okay, go ahead. We're up yeah, against yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are working on a new facility in Newbury, and I know that's been going through the courts. I think for the most part, it's it's hopefully been through most of the court process to create a better facility. I mean, I do think we have to look at our 13 and 12 and 14 year olds as uh, still very much developing individuals, and they probably had really crappy situations uh, that they were coming from. Uh, that's not a fault or a blame, it's just a reality. Um, so I don't disagree with you that we need a facility that can help folks who have had real trouble in their lives, who have then done troubling things. Well, again, uh, some sort of facility, like you said, where they have access to the outdoors and can maybe reset and we can, you know, the words, people are going to freak out, like reprogram their mind. I mean, if the wires have just been crossed. Reprogram. Well, well, that's a that's yeah. a you, that's a psychological term. Just a, we're almost out that. of time. Yeah. Do you um, quick question? Do you agree with the protesters who were outside a courthouse just the other day, a week or so ago, uh, saying that they don't want another women's prison to be built, a new women's prison? They want no prison for women. You know, I think there's a lot to what they're saying. I don't think it's right to sort of say no prison or no women in prison. But I, uh, if there's going to be a facility. Or women are going to be in jail. I do think they should have a separate facility because there are different issues, and it's uh, and for their safety and others, I think it's important. Thirty-two hour work week bill that's been introduced. Any thoughts on the thirty-two hour week? Can well, you my, imagine? Thought, my thought on that would be, <laughs> oh, I wish I could have that with the two jobs I've got. But but also, as society develops more tools to create more productivity by individuals. I think we should all get the benefit of that additional productivity. What's happened in the way society works right now, and it's people can say capitalism's great, but it means you do more work, you make more money, the boss gets most of it. Why don't we make it where if in society we can be more productive, then we can all get a little bit more time off to be with our families. There he is, Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman on his way to Montpelier. Thank you, Dave, as always. Always. You need a song for each guest. That would do a lot of work. Oh, but then yeah. figure out what song you What do you want for yours? Guest. 
Uh, I'd have to think on that because that just came to my head. Seriously, so. text me and I'll have it ready for you. Yeah. That's fun. It is a lot of fun. Born to be wild. No, yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm not that wild guy. I wouldn't thanks. be my star. Anyway, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, thanks for coming in. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with ABC News. Amanda's got the headlines. we got the Max Advantage forecast from uh, WCAX Channel 3. And then we're going to be back with uh, Democratic candidate.